0: You take your Bible and turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, verse 9, and verse 13. Leviticus, chapter 6, verse 9, and verse 13. Do y'all feel good in the Lord this morning? I tell you, I feel so good in the Lord this morning. Um... There's a lot of concern about North Korea putting up so many missiles. And, uh, but our expert says here in America, we can shoot anyone they put up down. We might miss one, but we can get them. We're living in a world that spreads fear. Everywhere you turn, there's fear being spread. But I want you to know God's got an answer for everything in our lives. So you get ready here. We're going to read this. Leviticus 6, chapter 6, verse 9, and verse 13. In other words, God commanded Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night. Unto the morning and the fire of the altar shall be burned in it. Verse thirteen. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar, it shall never go out. Now you notice what God said I'm on and you you have to turn over some read some other scriptures, especially in nine and twenty four. He said, I poured out the fire from heaven on the altar. Our fire in our lives comes from God. And he told the Aaron's sons now, it is your responsibility to keep the fire a burning. How many believe that God filled you with the Holy Ghost? You have the responsibility to keep the fire what? And it must burn. It is bright or brighter. When you die, then the day you got it. I'm going to get to all that if I don't run out of time. You ought to shout hallelujah. God has given us fire, but we have a responsibility to keep it what? Burning. Well, you keep it burning, you got to keep adding some fuel to it. You got to keep putting wood on it. You got to keep it stirred up. To keep it burning is God is not going to burn or stir your fire unless you participate with him you've got to keep it burning and you want to die with the fire in you because if you don't I'm not sure you're going to get out of the grave because the power that raised him out of the grave is the power going to raise us out of the grave so we got to keep the fire burning Keep it a-burning. What a beautiful Old Testament type of the shadow that God has given us. He gives us such beautiful pictures of these things keeping the fire a-burning. And uh, the priest, you might say, well, he was talking to the priest. You are kings and priests under God, so you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to keep my what? It's not the church's responsibility. It's not your spouse's responsibility. It's not your friend's responsibility. It is your God-given gift to keep your fire burning Does it burn today? Is it bright? as it did, or better than the day you got the Holy Ghost? Is it brighter today? You say, well, Brother Billy, you don't know what I'm going through with. I'm going to share with you. I don't care what you're going through with. There's something greater in you than what you're going through with. Amen? And one of the problems we have in such problems that we keep repeating, repeating what we're going through with or what we lost. We need to start saying what we have gained, the presence of the living God that lives in our heart. Hallelujah. Don't be one that editorialize everything in your life. Well, old age is not what it's all put up to be. Don't listen to that kind of stuff. You're supposed to have a fire in your bones, in your feet, in your heart, and in your mind that's keeping you alive. Keeping you alive. I don't know whether we know that song or not. It's the Holy Ghost and fire that's keeping us alive. God sent the fire from heaven, it says, and the priest had to keep it alive. Had to keep it alive. Leviticus 9, 23 said, As Moses blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. In other words, the fire of God appeared to everybody. It is God's plan for everybody to be filled with the Spirit of God, be filled with the fire of God, for the glory and honor of God, for His glory and honor. We need to be filled with the things of God. Verse 24, that same chapter. There came a fire out from before the Lord. It consumed upon the altar and the burnt offering and the fat, that's the best part of the meat, which when all other people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. <laughs> I'd love to see the fire of God flow in here and the shouting flow in here, the power of God wherever one of us stands up and falls on our faces. If it happened then, that's just to shatter what it should be happening now in the kingdom of God. That's just to shatter what could happen, or what did happen. And it's greater than that today, the wonderful things of God. Whose responsibility is that? Hello? Whose responsibility is? It's your responsibility. 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Paul speaks to Timothy. Stir, that word stir means to re-enkindle. It's about to go out, but you're going to have to re-enkindle it. You're going to have to put a little more fuel on it. You're going to have to take a stick and poke it a little bit, but make sure you stir it up for the same or better than what it was when you got it. That's what he's telling them here. Stir up the gift of God which was in you by the laying on or the putting on of hands. When somebody prays for you and the fire of God gets in your life, you need to make sure you keep it alive. You got to do things to keep it alive. You don't want it to go out. You want to keep it burning. First Timothy, not the first verse, but the first chapter of Timothy. Timothy was in his teens. And Paul took him on a missionary journey with him. He was so impressed with this young man. He was in his teens. But in, in Second Timothy, he's grown up a little bit now. He's about 30 or in his 30s. And Paul said, now I'm going to send you on missionary journeys by yourself to set up Churches. What he's teaching there, I don't care how young you are, God has a plan, a fire in your life that you can do more than when you was a teen, when you get in your 30s. God has a greater plan for your life. Amen? So y'all get ready. Every Christian ought to pray to God, desire spiritual gifts. I mean, that's a commandment from God. If you have the Spirit of God in your life and you're a Christian, you ought to be on your knees praying for a gift from God. When well, I got the Holy Ghost, He wants you to have more than the Holy Ghost. This is going to come more real here in a minute. It's going to come more real. You cannot live on what you had yesterday. You're going to have to step out of the diapers and step up into the anointing of God that God has planned for your life greater than what you was when you got the Holy Ghost. And the reason we need that is to glorify and to honor God. To bring glory and honor to God. Did not the scripture say, you that know the scripture, does not it say you should desire what? Spiritual gifts. Well, when he it's like, don't be like the man who told me when one time, he told me that when God gets ready for me to have it, he'll give it to me. That, that's not scriptural. When you got saved, you couldn't say, Well, Lord, when you get ready to save me, just save me. That's not scriptural either you got to want to be saved. You've got to want things. You've got to desire greater things in your life for the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God, and then these things will be added to you. Make sure that God is first in our lives. So Timothy is going to grow up and do a little bit better here. Paul was referring to spiritual gifts here. The gift was to be stirred up and kept alive. Do not quench the spirit. 1 Thessalonians, do not what? Don't let the things of this world quench our anointing of God. Amen. I'm Amen. Don't let that your problems quench the anointing of God that's in our lives. And Lord, who knows, there's a lot of them today, but don't let it do it. Keep it alive, stir it up, make sure you're staying alive. So don't let it quench you. Stir up the gift. Keep it alive. I won't call this man's name, but I heard him many, many years ago. Some of you would know and heard of him. He was a great evangelist of a Pentecostal organization. He was well sought after. I mean, they liked for him to come. But when I heard him preach this message, he said he'd been preaching in New York City. When he went home and went to his apartments that night after he preached, He said, God, I feel I'm getting cold. How many feel you getting cold sometime? How many feel your fire's not burning like it ought to burn? He said, I feel I'm getting cold. He got up out of bed, went out in the park, and laid face down in the ground and said, God, you got to reunite me. Listen, if you feel a little coldness in your spirit, you need to get on your face and plead with God. Reunite me, restore me, refine me, fill me with your glory. The Bible said, and all the people saw the glory of God. It's not for one or two, the high priest or the kings or the priests. It's for all of God's people to feel and see the glory of God manifested in their lives. The Holy Ghost is supposed to burn up chaff. That's what it's for. You say, what is chaff? The things that would quench you in your fiery life with God. I told Sister Peggy, I was afraid to ask this question. Brother Manuel Paul came by to see me the other day. I hadn't seen him in a long time. He said, Brother Dupree said, You are straight as a nail. I don't know what he meant by that. I wanted to ask, but I was afraid I might not ask. How many of you know there's a lot of things in this world can quench your fire? Some disciples said, Jesus. Would you like us to pull up them tares so they're growing with the wheat? Jesus said, No, let them grow. Don't concern your life about tares growing in the wheat. Don't get your focus off the growth of the tare, and the devil turn you from the growth of the wheat and watching the growth of the tare. He said, Let them grow together. Just make sure you outgrow them. Make sure your anointing and your fire is greater than what they are. Leave it up to the angels. When they come, they'll take care of it. Paul told Timothy, he said, Now don't you mess with Alexander the coppersmith. You leave him alone. He bad dude. He said he gave me a lot of trouble, but you leave him alone. You leave him alone. I mean, you know, there's many people gave David a bad time, but he never one time he could have took them out. He had mighty men of value. He said, if you'll let me, I'll take them out. He said, just leave them alone. Don't concern yourself about things that will affect your fire burning bright in your life. That's one way to stir it is to get rid of that, turn your eyes off of that. How I many you know where the brazen serpent was lifted up? Why? That's a beautiful picture why it was lifted up among the people who were dying. He's a type of Jesus Christ. Don't look around with the problems of this world. As many as looked on Jesus was healed. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Regardless of what's going on around you, the problems and the trouble, keep your eyes on Jesus and you shall stay healed with the power of God. Keep it a burning. Keep it a burning. What do you do if you get sick? Someone want to help me out a little bit right now. What do you do? You got a little ailment, what do you do? Listen, if you got a problem looking at the tares and not looking at the wheat, go to Jesus. He's standing in your midst. Wherever you are, that's where he is. He wants you to stay alive. He wants you to stay alive and see the wonderful blessings of God that God has for us. The Bible said when Solomon built the temple, my, mind the sacrifices he made. And as soon as he got them all made, he stood back at the temple and looked at it and he blessed it with God. And when he did, the smoke filled the tabernacle so full of the glory of God that nobody could enter in. That's a sample of what God is telling us. I want you so full of the Spirit and the fire and the power of God in your life that nothing can enter therein. If it tries to come in, it'll get burned up, amen? It'll zap them, praise God, when the fire is out. They can't come where the fire is burning. But when it gets low, Ch- Chinese has got a proverb that said, fire Never burns the seed. Fire never burns a seed. We was in Yellowstone the year after the fire, they thought destroyed the Yellowstone Park. They thought it never would recover, but they were seeing plants come up that they'd never seen before. I want you to know when you're in a fiery trial, God can bring something out of your life you ain't never felt and you ain't never experienced before because the fire of the devil cannot, hallelujah. Glory to God. Where sin abounds. We need to get our eyes off where sin abounds and get on the one that the glory of God is greater than sin. I don't care how bad sin is growing and how bad is it flourishing, there's a God that's flourishing greater in your life and around you than anything else in this world. If you keep your eyes and stir your fire up, stir your fire up, hallelujah. You might as well get a prayer partner if you're getting a little bit low. Huh? I tell you, don't much get by Rhonda and Julie. Someone called up here the other day and said they're sick, and first thing, Ron is coming to the office, where I was, said we got to pray for them right now. How many you know it, that sometimes you need to call for prayer when you know a fire is burning low and get your fire burning again? It's for the glory and the honor of God, for the world to see the fire of God in an earthly vessel and not being burned up. It's the glory of God, the good things of God. I read the other day where a cripple... Crippled, he was in his bed and confined to a room and crippled. And God moved on him. He began to pray. One of the greatest revival that city ever seen came from that crippled man. Because the fire of God is burning. Fire, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Amen? Somebody laid your hands on you, you received the Holy Ghost, keep the fire burning. Acts 2 verse 2, suddenly there came from heaven a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house and I wonder church I wonder and I pray about this I walk through these buildings and I wonder why in the world if it happened then and God Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and he's no respected person how come the God of glory doesn't flow through here mightily I'm not talking about one time I got it in 1960 but I want it to blow greater than it's ever blown before why does it just have to blow one time listen it ought to be blowing all the time because God is the same yesterday today and forevermore he wants the glory of the Lord to be seen in this world we are the carrier of the glory of the Lord and the Bible said it filled all the house where they were sitting filled them and fire clothing and tongues of fire on their lips they, brother James they didn't know what one word they spoke 120 they knew not one word they spoke Oh, hallelujah. But all the nations gathered around knew what them guys were speaking because they spoke in their language. I tell you, that's the fire of God letting loose in our lives. Richard Hurd's church in Houston, Texas, they had a pulpit made out of this. Experts says how many pounds it takes to split that thing. But one morning... The power of God showed up and split that thing to pieces just like that. People fell out everywhere. People fell out in the entry out there because the power of God was so strong. And I asked the Lord, why does that happen one time? Why don't it happen all the time? Why doesn't the power of God and the glory of God have manifested in our lives continuously until we die? Amen. Praise God. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. How many believe that after you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to rekindle it once in a while? Hello? You're going to have to rekindle it. You're going to have to get it again. Amen? Brother Ken says he likes to eat. He said, I don't eat a whole lot. I don't know about that. But anyhow, he likes to eat. Amen? Uh, He's just being honest. I think all of us like to eat, right? Is as well as you like to eat to stay alive, you're going to have to eat of the Holy Ghost and fire and power to stay alive spiritually. You've got to continuously eat it, drink it, and feed on it. We have a responsibility to keep the fire alive. I've seen the time when I was younger on the job, things got so bad, I thought, well, I'm going to just quit and go home. I'm going to tell them I'm quitting. I'm not coming back but something would come over me and I said well Peggy likes to eat too she likes to buy fine stuff and Gina was coming on at day I said they, they like to eat and I better just stay with it how I many sometimes you can get so discouraged so down and out what you need is the fire of God to distract you from heaven and reignite that in you praise God I'm going to stay with it I don't care what it looks like and what it feels like Job said though he slay me I'm going to trust him I'm going to keep the fire of burning my soul because he's righteous and He's just. Have you ever noticed the scripture said, The glory and the fire of God dwells upon the upright. Those that walk upright. That don't mean walking straight up like that, walking right up in your spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't quit. I stayed there, count my service time, 40 years. So I guess it's all right. I got through it. Amen. But the backs 4 said, And they prayed. they counted a blessing to be beaten for God. They, they counted a blessing that he would honor them to, to be beaten for them with many stripes. So they prayed. Sister Carla, they prayed. They said, give us boldness. How many of you need a little boldness? Huh? Anybody need some boldness? They said, give us some boldness. And as they prayed, verse 29, in verse 31, it said, and the Spirit of the Lord hit that place, shook that place. That was he said, I'm going to give you boldness. They had to be reunited. They had to be renewed. They had to be refired. I remember what Brother Kuna Harris said. He was in Brazil. Way on up in years, he said, I'm not never retiring. I'm just going to keep refiring. Amen. I mean, you might be old, but you probably need to be refired. If you're young, you may need to be refired, Amen. You need, may, maybe need be refired. Hallelujah. I appreciate y'all listening to me this morning. Matthew 25: The foolish virgins went to the wise virgins and said, uh, "We out of oil. We got to have some oil." In other words, we got to have a little fire. And the five wise virgins said, "We ain't got enough to give you. We just barely got enough for ourselves." That's a dangerous place to get when a Christian, all you got, just enough for yourself. They said, we ain't got enough for yourself. Hallelujah. I'm going to slow down. Deuteronomy 28 says, you shall not borrow. You shall lend. Say amen. God wants you to have enough fire in your life is somebody not really fired up where you can give them a little bit of your fire. Amen? And the man went at the midnight hour knocked on the door and said, I need some bread. And let's just change that a little bit. I need some fire. And the man got up and gave him as much or more fire than what he needed. We need not just have enough to get by. We need to have more. We need to have a little bit or somebody come by. We can lend them some fire, reach down and pull out some fire and give them some fire, give them anointing, give them a courage word. You say, what's the fire? Give somebody a hallelujah. 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 You may run in somebody in Walmart or somewhere that's a little discouraged. Let's stop being so busy with ourselves and watch and see what's going on around us and let God give us a word that we can turn around and give them a word and set their soul on fire. Have more than what we need. How I many of you got more on the fire than what you need? You can spare it a little bit. Amen. I know there's at least one widow woman in this church carries a hundred, I don't know how many hundreds she carries around in her billfold in case she runs up on somebody and needs some help. She just whoops that out and whoops it on them. Amen? We need to hear from God. As many as led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You never know when God's going to speak to you and what he wants us to do with the fire of God. Put the fire in us, God. Make us overflow. Make us have more than enough of what we need. In case somebody's in need, we can give it to them and give it to them. And Nathan Hale in 1776 was 21 years old when the British captured him. They said, we're going to hang you. You got any last words to say before we hang you? He said, yes, I do. He said, give me my Bible. I regret that I have only one life to give to my country. Isn't that a wonderful statement? How I many you know that you're, you're enjoying the blessings of God because what somebody else did in 1776 gave their life that we could have the kind of life we have today? How I many you know that Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross to come out of the grave, put out the Holy Ghost where we can have the kind of life that we have today? Give me freedom, give me liberty, or give me death. I'm glad I have one, one life. I wish I had more The one life to live for the glory of God. Wished I had more, he said. And they hung him. And they hung him. My, my, my. Frederick Douglass, he's an African American. In the 1800s, when the war was over with, the Civil War between the North and the South, Abraham Lincoln called on him to come to the White House and help him to help America to recover from the civil war. How many know we need to, hallelujah, we need to hook up with one another and help people to recover over going to civil war. We may not have been in a war over yonder, but there's a civil war going on in this land right now. I'm not talking about racial things. I'm talking about the spirit of the devil causing war in our lives that we need to burn that out and we can't burn it out. Let's call Douglas Fredericks and get help and help the nation to recover. Help the nation to recover. Oh, glory to God. Some of you not old enough to know John F. Kennedy, are you? I didn't know him personally never have met him. But what was his favorite speech? It went down in history. It's still quoted today for some of the uh, politicians today. When he was inaugurated in 1961, when he gave his speech, it went down in history as a great speech. He stood behind that pulpit. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I believe it's time to stand up and say, what can I do for the kingdom and the glory of God and make it more prosperous than it's ever been in its life? What can I do for the kingdom of God? How can I bless the kingdom of God? One way to desire spiritual gifts. One way is to, there's a family in this church, they're a working family in their lifetime. They're not old according to my standard. I'll be 85 tomorrow and I don't feel old. I was going to fix that thing down there. I'm glad, how many glad you got people looking after you? Come on, is anybody in here glad people looking after you? I was going to put that thing up back down there, and Diane was looking at it. She said, you going to get on no ladder. said, I'll take care of it. She come in a while ago and said, I've took care of it. It's all back in place. How many you know that you need to hook up with somebody that's going to help take care of you and be a blessing in your life? Thank you, Diane. I don't know who you got to done it, but anyhow, glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the things of the world and be blessed how many know that you're supposed to be blessed going in and coming out everything you do you're supposed to be blessed some people think that well I'm not supposed to have no troubles you're going to have troubles <laughs> I, I don't, some people don't help me to pray I won't, have no tr- I won't help nobody pray that you don't have no troubles Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered sometimes suffering is good for us to teach us obedience to teach us the things of God it can't be taught no other way God sends Elijah to anoint Elisha to take his place. I don't know why he passed up the 7,000 prophets. I don't know why he didn't go to the school of prophets, been in effect for a long time. But he sent him to a man who was plowing 12 yokes of oxen. I don't know whether this man even knew or heard of God or not, but Elijah goes down there and throws his mantle upon him, and immediately, brother Arnie, immediately, he sacrificed some of them oxens, burned his plow, kissed his mother and father goodbye, and ran after. Elisha because the fire of God had fell upon him and such a thing he left all for the kingdom of God disciples said what are we going to get listen if you give anything up for God I guarantee you he'll give you more than what you give up the devil make you think you're losing but he's a liar God's going to give you more now here comes the catch he has to follow Elijah 10 years serving him and pouring water on his hand serving him for 10 years before he gets the anointing before he gets the fire he followed him the only way he was going to get it, he has to see him when he goes away. And if he ever takes his eyes off of him when he went away, he's not going to get it. So he stayed close, hooked up to him. And the schools of prophets said, Do you know that your father is going to be taken away today? He said, Hush your mouth. I ain't got time to listen. How many of you know that don't entertain the devil? Don't entertain evil feelings or bad thoughts. Get rid of that immediately because it's destructive to the anointing. He said, don't, don't, don't bother me with that. And I want you to don't, don't, don't fool me now. Said, I said, I'm following the anointing. I ain't got what I want yet. And Elijah said, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion. Everybody ought to say double portion. Come on, you ought to say double portion. You ought to get past being satisfied with the first initial anointing. Scholars said there was two mantles. First one he throwed on Elijah, I mean Elisha, and that was the first one. The second one he hadn't got yet. That was the real anointing. He hadn't got the double yet. He wants the double portion. He said, you asking a hard, difficult, Hebrew says a hard, difficult thing. How many know there's nothing too hard for God? Nothing gonna put him in a strain. And when he went down there, he has to stay following him for 10 years. I don't want to pull my jacket off, but I might. But anyhow, but anyhow, Elisha followed him down to the Jordan. The schools of prophets was watching, but the Bible said they was watching afar off. Huh? When Elijah walked up to that Jordan and pulled that mantle off and smoked that Jordan... It rolled back. I mean, you know, that ought to be the way with us when we walk up to the problem of our lives and we smite it with the Word of God, the Spirit of God. That thing ought to roll back. Amen. Glory to God. All these schools of prophets was watching, but they was watching afar off. They saw the Jordan split open. They saw Elisha and Elijah go across. They could have went across where the mighty anointing was, but they stayed afar off. The Bible said, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw us nigh to you. If they would have broke that rank from that old tradition and come out of that place, fallen afar off, and began to step forward, they could have went through the same Jordan. They could have stood on the same power of God that flowed back down from heaven and flowed on their life, but they stayed too far away to get it. What did Elisha want? What did he want? Come on, what did he want? Acts 4, they prayed to get a bigger anointing than what they got on the first day. We are going to need a double portion of anointing to face this world and what's coming on this world. We have no idea what's coming on this world. But we should not be afraid or weary or weary because we are going to come up with a double anointing of God. We're going to walk in a double anointing of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. divine spiritual anointing. Elisha followed the Lord from that point before he died, 50 years with a double anointed life. You find no spot on his record, none. You find a spot on Elijah. Jezebel said, I'm a coming after you, boy. Hmm? John Osteen said, I'd rather have 500 brethren after me than one woman with a broom. Hmm? She said, I'm coming to get you. You got my disciples. I'm coming to get you. The Bible said, he, this is the first mistake Elijah made. He left his servant behind. How many know you need to keep the anointing? Hallelujah. You need to keep your servant. The Holy Ghost is your servant. The Holy Ghost is your leader and your guide, but he left him behind and went into the wilderness and sat down under a tree and begged God to kill him. He said, I'm not no better, nobody. I want to die. I, I, I want to die before Jezebel gets me. If he just stayed there, she's going to get him anyhow. I don't know why he did that, but he went in there he? And he said, I want to die. I'm not making fun of him because he was resurrected. He was resurrected. But there's something about Elisha you don't read where there's one flaw on his life. When they gathered around him with a mighty army, the king gathered all this mighty army around him going to capture him. He did not fear. He did not waver. He told the Lord, I want you to open my servant's eyes. I want him to see what I see, a mighty host of angels around me. Listen, church, when you're in the worst crisis of your life and you have the double anointing in your life, you can call the heavens to open up and see the mighty host of angels that's gathering around you. Lord, he said, open up, oh, heaven and let him him, see. God, we need a double anointing. We can call on God for our friends the anointing of God would open up and they can see what is with them and not against them how many believe it God is with you and not against you God is for you in everything you do hallelujah because he had a double anointing how many believe we need a double anointing I'm telling you, we need more than what we got. That's why the early church could turn the world upside down because they prayed for a greater anointing. In Acts 4, they got a greater anointing and they was able to turn their world upside down because they had a greater anointing. Elisha died. How did he die? Somebody know the Scriptures? How you want me to tell you? Okay. They dug a grave and throwed him in there. Hallelujah. What'd you say? Okay, but, but they throwed him in the grave, right? An open grave. And there he lays down there, looking so pretty, all made up, you know. Brother Melvin, Peggy told me a while ago, said you gonna to have to go see Melvin again. He said your hair is getting too long. Well, I guess I'll come see you next week, whatever, but anyhow. Seems like it's happening more regular now. That's one thing when you get older, it seems like your fingernails grow longer and quicker and then your hair gets longer, you know. I don't know about all that stuff. But it, it just seems that way. But I want you to notice something. When he got the double anointing, the book of James says you have not because you what? You're not asking for a double anointing. You're not asking for the thing that pleases God. He said if you ask, you receive. Elisha asked and he received a double anointing, a hard thing. And Jesus said, how is it that you know how to give good gifts to your children, but if you would ask for the Holy Ghost and fire, you would get more of God. That's what he said. Now, where is he, Brother Arnie? Where's Elisha? He's laying in that open grave. There he so pretty looking. They didn't have time to cover him up. They come along, and what did they do? Done what? and what happened ooh even in his death he still had a double anointing even in his passing away he still had the fire of god he born in the double anointing when he began he died with a double anointing can I be brave i'm going to be brave now you need to die with a double anointing we need to die with anointing greater than what we was when we got it hallelujah Amen. A double anointing. It was Elisha's job to keep the fire burning bright for 50 years. For 50 years. To keep it burning. 50 years. He kept it burning. He probably had some troubles and trials during that time, but he kept the fire burning. It burned bright. Anybody touched him would come to life because he was alive. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the fire of God. It's the power of God that's keeping us alive. Anybody gets around us ought to be able to feel the fire of God and the blessings of God. don't, Don't be satisfied just a single anointing. Look for a double anointing. Desire spiritual gifts, the things that can be used, that we can use mightily in the kingdom of God. Don't be afraid to ask for big things. Enlarge your vision, enlarge your expectation, enlarge your asking. God is able to give you whatever you ask for and if you don't get it keep asking keep asking because it will come Elisha asked and he got it Acts 4 they asked for a greater anointing and they got it so let's leave and ask for a greater anointing I don't know why God chooses some people, why he bypassed the 7,000 prophets. I don't know why he bypassed the, the schools of prophets and didn't pick somebody out there. But I think it might be God not picking people because of their natural ability. He picking people that will follow him. Some of the greatest men that shook the religion world has been men that couldn't hardly read or write. I believe it's E.M. Bounds. He, he, he wasn't too smart. I sort of relate to him. Huh? I can't spell. I can spell cat and dog, but that's about that far it is. Peggy can spell anything. If you can pronounce it right, she can spell that thing. I can't. I can't. Can you? It doesn't matter. God's not looking for that. God's looking for somebody that's going to surrender to him and he'll do the work. He'll do the work. If, we, if we'll just let him, he'll do the work. He wants to do the work. He wants to work in everybody. Evan Robbins couldn't hardly a read or write, worked in the coal mine, but God called him mightily. You'll read about what he accomplished because God was in him. God doing the work. God bless you, and I want you to encourage you to ask for more than what you got. Amen. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Ask for more than anointing in what you got. Ask God to open the floodgates of heaven and pour on your life. And while you're doing that and taking care of his business, he's going to be taking care of you. He's going to be adding to you things that you didn't even ask for. God bless you for being here this the morning. How many believe things are going to get greater in your life? Yeah. Ask for it. Ask for great things. God bless you for being here. I appreciate you listening to us. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.